What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Charles Coleman Podcast. So glad to have you. I'm your host, Charles Coleman, and you are currently in the new home for Black Brilliance. We're not outside, we're not up, we're not in the outer space, we're in hyperspace, so come get with us. Before we get started, make sure you do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, hit that like button at the bottom of the screen. Make sure you're following us on all the socials, subscribe, register, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast, whatever podcasts are heard, that's where you will find your new favorite podcast, the Charles Coleman Podcast. Super excited about today. Got my folks with me, my dream team. I got two shooters, so we are running a triangle offense today. I'm super, super, duper excited. My people are with me today. I got on my left, of course, y'all know him, y'all love him, smooth as cashmere. Kirk Cashmere is in the building. Always excited to see him, always happy to see him. And then, of course, to my right, you already know what it is, the professional winner. You know her, you love her. She's the boss of 593 Washington. My girl Gloria Sherubin is in the building. And so now I have two of my dream team members. What up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's going on? I have a confession. And I'm actually glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you're here too, because you know, the thing about Confessing. Confessing, mm-hmm. right? Is that you you gotta get it out, right? Like you can't get help for a problem. Right until you acknowledge that you have a problem. And I have a problem that I'm gonna acknowledge and I'm gonna share with y'all. I have come to the realization that um, I am a travel boy. Mm. I'm a travel boy. And what I mean by, what is a travel boy? You ask. I refuse to get to the airport on time. Like I refuse, like it's like, I don't know what it is about me. Where, I mean, I can access all the lounges. I can wait. Like, I have access to Delta, United, American. Like, all of the lounges, I can just go eat some chocolate chip cookies, wait for my flight. Boss talk. I got you. I I mean, it's not that. Boss talk. Go ahead. Proceed. It's not that. It's just, just, I just hate waiting. I just hate waiting. So, I I am notorious for cutting it close. Right. Here's the thing. I, I pack light. I travel far, right? So, I don't check bags, which decentivizes me getting to the airport early. Okay. I got clear TSA, global entry, super 16, all that, whatever it is, right? I, I got that. So I just want to breeze the security and get on the flight. Right. But I be missing flights. I'm, I'm, I'm not- Oh, of course. Yeah, that's what makes me a trouble. Boy, it's because, not a train. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, not it's gonna, holding the door. It's not going to wait for me. Yeah, 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 hold that door. It's not, it's not doing none of that. And, it's getting bad. Like I'm, I usually make them at like a ninety percent clip, which is which only enables me. Like it right. enables the problem when I make the flight. I might be sweating when I get on, but I'm a travel boy, and I'm trying to get better. Um, I I, I want to get better, y'all. Like because I, I can't keep doing. This is a true story. I swear to you. I've I've missed weddings. I've missed. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on some being a travel wow. boy. It's so bad. I literally, this morning, before, you know, before we shoot, I woke up with anxiety because I dreamed I missed the flight. Mm. That's like, bad. that's how bad my is. Like, it's, I'm in that space. So You gotta deal with that. How, how do you deal with that? Like, you, you- Try to go early. Like, you really just gotta really kinda like put it in your head. 
You know what I do? I lie to myself on my calendar. I think that's what I'm about to start doing. I, yeah, I, like, I, I think I, that's Because I book out so far out. Word. Very often, I forget, like, in real time when my flight is. I think I'm so I consciously make all of my schedules an hour before. I'm going to tell you how. So then it becomes, did I lie? Or is this the time I actually put the right time? So then I just stick to whatever's on my calendar, and that helps me get places. I'm going to tell time. you how bad it is. <laughs> I missed the flight, right? I was in the airport. I went to the lounge at that mm-hmm. point because you could just wait, right? Mm-hmm. So I missed the flight. I went to the lounge and fell asleep. I almost I'm missed the dead. flight in the I, airport. I was I, in the airport, almost missed the flight. I did it. I, I made it. But I was like, damn, how, how much of a boy you got to be to miss a flight in the airport? Yeah, it gets crazy. Yeah, it's terrible. So I'm going I'm to work on that. I'm, gonna get, I'm, I'm trying to get help. Um, let's get into our shortcuts. These are our news and views our conversations about things going on that you may not necessarily have heard about, or maybe you did, and I'll take on them. I got to give a shout out to Belle Calise. I'm not going to say her last name because I'm going to mess that up. But the commoners like us, mm-hmm. we know her as Cardi, Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Cardi B caught a big dub because she was in, in court, not even in beef. We ain't talking about street beef. This ain't 20 beef. This is real life litigation. Right? Litigation is a different word than beef. That's what right. white people say when they get in beef. White, we, get, we get into beef. Mm-hmm. White people get into litigation. Mm. So she got into some litigation against a YouTube blogger, you know, uh, person who was speaking. I'm not, I'm not going to say her name because okay. she's looking for that, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's looking, I'm, so I'm not going to say her name. You can Google it if that's something that you're interested in. She got into it with her and basically this celebrity blogger person was talking really reckless about stuff that she knew was not true. So, Bella Kali sued her, and guess what happened? The jury found for her millions, four million for intentional infliction of emotional distress, you know, say invasion of privacy, libel, so on and so forth. I want to give her a shout out because a lot of times people will do things until you sort of stop them. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of people lately who've been trying the urban scientific method. What is the urban scientific method? It is when you look around and you find out. Mm-hmm. Right. There's been a lot of people who've been looking around mm-hmm. and they've been finding out. And, and this blogger was one of them. And, and, and recall also recently, if you remember, we had Alex Jones this week. The first time that I ever did media, I reached out to all my boys and we had a group chat. And I remember one of my boys said, Forgive me for, you know, how stupid this sounds, but he was like, yo, say something controversial, son. Go viral. Mm. And I was like, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm not doing that. Good, fam. But, right, but, but it's one of those things where people really have gotten to this space where I'm a hustle controversy for profit. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's and I, a real thing, though. It is, and, and I think that it, some of it is actually on us because... We've made it profitable for them. Right. And now that people are actually being held accountable, I'm hoping that that's going to be a different, it's going to set a different tone. Like people are going to have to be responsible. Like you can't just get out of here wild cowboy and decide, I feel like talking about, you know, so-and-so today because they got a name. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the 50 cent model of beef. Mm-hmm. Right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like remember when 50 cent came out with How to Rob? He was just naming people. Right. Like whoever bite, I'm on. Yeah, you can't do that no more. Well, you can People are doing it. <laughs> People get doing it. Yeah. So they they're right. around and they find it out. I think we just came up with a new industry. We got to figure out how to insure these people. Ooh, not insure them. Yeah, we have to. Ooh, you can't drive the whip without car insurance. 
You can't be on, on podcast running your mouth with no insurance. The question is, how do we feed this pool? It's just mad bullshit. It's just putting money in. That's what premiums are. That's crazy. You pay your premium until your mouth get reckless. Wow. That is a... That, look at you just... Yeah. I'm not, Find so out. I, 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 but I have one question, I think, about this. Because what bothers me about it mm-hmm. is that people get jammed up and then they want to yell, free speech, free speech. Now, legally, there's no grounds for that. Like, none. Right. None at all, right? But what I sort of am not sure about just yet is we're cheering this because it's happening to people who are trash. In terms of, you know, people who are trash are doing it, and we like the targets, meaning that the people who are being talked about are mm-hmm. people we like. Right. We're obviously sympathetic to the Sandy Hook families. Mm-hmm. We, you know, Cardi is generally, rightfully so, a likable figure. Would we have as much smoke or feel the same way if it was somebody that, like, was universally despised? Like, if somebody came out and was talking crazy about Donda's son, we're not saying Donna's son. Mm -hmm. If somebody was talking crazy about Donna's son, like, do you think that we would be as like, nah, you shouldn't say that. You should be liable for saying that if it's not true. I think the narrative behind him is so weird, for the lack of a better word. Not just him, but like anybody. I just think if it's not true, then you shouldn't be saying it. Period. Mm -hmm. Like. You should be held responsible for shit that you just making up. Right. If it's not true. Well, that's what I was you know saying. Like, saying. Like, I don't care who the character is. If, if that- you get caught lying, <laughs> me, right. <laughs> right. you're going to pay. Would it be a Billy if somebody lied on 45? Like, they just lied on 45. Mm. And 45 sued them. Would, would juries be like, oh, so, we so, you, that's, that's so unfortunate. Or would we, would we like, not, you done told so many lies. Right. You just, but you feel like if you lie, I you think lie. if you can't prove it, you know, it's like the winning and the cheating. Yo, it's the cheating. It's not, it's not the winning. Not the, she said the winning. See how she yeah, did that? Yeah, yeah. She said it's like the winning. No, it's the cheating. I'm just saying that you got to be able to prove that I'm lying. And if you could prove that, then you got to pay that nut. That's just that simple. All right, so we're going to move on at this point. <laughs> I saw this story. And it's something that really made me think a lot. And I've been thinking about this for a while. So the story itself was about sex offenders who have served their time. They have been convicted of some level of sex offense. It could be something very minor. It could be something very major. You do not know. But when they get out of prison, there is a set area that they can live in a lot of states. Mm -hmm. And so there was like a couple of articles that I was looking at in terms of like these places being, like the living conditions being terrible, like terrible, not even not secure, because security is something that even regular people, if you will, don't have, Um, but they're definitely not secure. People know that um, this is where sex offenders live. It is isolated from regular travel in terms of being able to get around, get to your job or what have you. And then the living conditions themselves are definitely substandard. I mean, sulfur in the water, um, all kinds of other stuff where these people have to live. Mm-hmm. And of course, nobody really feels a ton of sympathy because these are convicted sex offenders, which can mean a lot of different things. I just want to point that out. It can mean a lot of different things. But it always makes me think about the conversation of like, what level of humanity in terms of comfort 
are people who either have been convicted of crimes or are serving time or have served their time and are out. Like, what are they owed? Like, I always struggle with that. I have no mercy for them and- <laughs> Just none, just, just no. whatever. You should not have any benefits. If you committed uh, and was convicted, then you should be uncomfortable forever. Because forever? There's a woman who's uncomfortable because of the decision that you made. And you need to really think about doing that before you do something like that. You know what I'm saying? That it shouldn't be comfortable. Like, I, 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 I can't fathom in any process in which I'm concerned for this convicted felon. So, like, so I just want to point a picture, because I, I understand the logic, but the wealth and range of different offenses that can slap you as a sex offender is really, really wide. So I want to give you just a very quick example of the breadth of what can actually land you a sex offender label. Teenager is in high school. He has, he's a senior, he has a girlfriend, she's a sophomore. They got cell phones. They start sending nudes to one another. She's underage, he's not. He gets arrested. He's 18 years old. He is now branded a sex offender for the rest of his life. You all right with that? No. I but mean, are you just, that's what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> maybe there needs to be rules around like texting nudes. Not so much, but like raping <laughs> right. uh, small I mean, children. Of course, of yes. course. Like, you should stay on high and drink self-aware. And I think that's I think forever. I think forever. that's the nuance of the conversation. It's right. like, you know, the label of being a sex offender is widely applied because you want to protect the most vulnerable among us. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I understand that, but there's gotta be a better because I, I agree with you. Like I think that there is some stuff where it's like, yo. It is I, what it is. It is what it is, right? right? Mm -hmm. But then I also think that because it's such a widely given label, there has to be a better way of doing this. Like what? Like looking at what your offense was, because there are levels, mm -hmm. like the sex, sex mm -hmm. offender three. And I, let's let's use the example that you gave. Okay. So in a situation like that, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not someone, I think if you're 18 and you got convicted of something like that, mm -hmm. you got to have some level of parental or adult supervision, whether it's check-in or what have you. If you're gonna if you're gonna live in a certain area, I think that's reasonable. Right. But you know, the isolation piece should be reserved, in my opinion, for the worst of the worst. Like right. level three sex offender. Boom. Send them and, you, and and you're right. After that, yo, you you in Siberia. That's like right. Right. what it is. Mm -hmm. But other but like we gotta attach because it can happen so early. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it happens so early, it's just like what do you do with that? I, I think I think that uh massaging of the law thing can be, become a slippery slope, right? Because now now we're, we're allowing a perspective into it, which now, you know, something that we can agree, us three can agree on, oh, you know, like the sexting situation, where somebody, what happens to the person who feels like that's not a big deal? Like, does, does this person now not be a sex offender? Like, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, at what point do we say, or at what point do you, can, do you allow people to be let go of the law? And I don't think that's that's possible. Well, I think, you, you know, I think that's a question of absolutes. Like, we can't deal in absolutes. If we do that, the minute we do that, we put ourselves in a space where we have nuances that start not to make sense. Right. So I think that that's why you have to have, you know, that's, that's really how things are done, right? Like mm -hmm. You come up with a group of people who say, these are the standards that we're going to abide by as society. Mm -hmm. And then you just go with that. But we got to move on. Um, I, I thought this was an interesting 
conversation has been been happening. I've I've, I've had this with a number of people, a number of times. Uh, America has a male problem, a M A L E problem, mm-hmm. a male problem. There's a great book by Professor Scott Galloway called Adrift that's out now, and it's America explained in a hundred charts. Mm-hmm. And in the book, he talks about one of the charts he focuses on is the fact that American men, adult American men, are having less sex mm-hmm. and they are reporting to have a smaller or evaporating circle of close friends. The issue here, and I have said this before, so basically we're breeding a bunch of incels. Like American men, American men are becoming a ton of incels. These are people who are not connected in any way, meaningful way, to like another person, mm-hmm. companion, they're not connected to society. And if recent history is any indication, that does not bode well for American society on a number of levels. Like, so basically you got 90% of mass shootings are occurring by white men. And you know, the narrative is always like, oh, so he was troubled. He was a lone wolf or whatever. He was a lone wolf, right? Then you also have on a larger, larger scale, if you're looking down the line, 15, 20, 30 years, if these men are not finding themselves in meaningful relationships, procreating, it threatens to unravel American society. So with this story, I feel like people are underestimating the long-term impact. And I just, and maybe I'm bugging. Is it something, first of all, I want to know, do y'all think it's something to be concerned about? I I don't even want to get into solutions necessarily because I'm a man. And I think that the conversation in terms of solutions is a lot bigger than we have space for. But I just want to know right now, are you, does this concern you at all? And then also, like we're talking about America, but it wasn't broken down racially. Do you think that this is something that is affecting like us, like black men? I think it's affecting all men. I think the, I think we're not immune to the distractions that you mentioned earlier, you know, technology, the, the fact that we don't feel connected and things like that. I think, I think as a solution, we should reevaluate how we define manhood. You think that that, that, that construct is pushing people out? I think so. Really? I think, I think we- But then why, okay, so then if that's the case, why aren't the people who are being pushed out, like why don't they get together? Because then they would give them an opportunity to be close friends with each other. Well, they are, they're getting together to be alone. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Have you seen that? I think isolation is a real thing. And I think, you know, technology is obviously a big contributor in that space because we could all be in the same space, especially when you think about the younger generation, 20-year-old, 30-year-old. I have them at my house all the time. And they're in the room together, but they're all on their devices. Yeah. So it's very easy to kind of like feel alone. They're alone together. still mm-hmm. together. Or they're together alone. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think socialism, I think that we need to rethink how we socialize, like how we groom behavior around what is socialization, you know what I'm saying, in terms of what are the new ways in which we do that, because isolation is inevitable, you know what I'm saying, with all of the mediums that we currently have. Like, we'll literally be sitting together showing each other memes versus having a conversation, you know what I'm saying, because every moment that we're not speaking, we're on our device. I also think that there's been a push, rightfully so, to center girls, women, in American culture that has in some ways made us neglect boys in a way that I think no one necessarily saw coming or intended, but has had an adverse consequence. And I think that's a function of us not really 
understanding balance or nuance. Mm -hmm. You could do two things at the same time. So you don't have to necessarily close down spaces for boys to create spaces for girls. I think you can both create spaces for girls and create spaces for boys or create spaces for both that allow them to socialize together. Because that's also, like to your point, G, that's also a big part of what's happening is that people aren't learning how to socialize together. Right. And I think that that isolation piece is skewing what's normal. Like, you know, I know you had a bunch of siblings. I have a sister. When I was growing up, my mother made it a point that I had to hang around my sister's friends and vice versa so that it wouldn't be awkward for me to be around members of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we have to consider the fact that we also have always groomed men to not share their feelings, mm-hmm. to not really communicate. You know, you should be tough. You should never really show, express emotions. I think those are really bigger factors around why there's a lack of communication amongst men with other men. Yeah. You no, I, I, mean? I definitely think that, and, and, and you know, Kurt and I are gonna talk about that in our new series that's coming up. I'm super excited to share it with y'all. Looking forward to it. You know, so we're gonna have some conversation about that. But we gotta move on to our last quick hit of the day. Um, listen, y'all, and it actually kind of falls in line a little bit with what I was just talking about. <sighs> I know people are gonna be upset with me about this. It's okay, leave it in the comments. It's all right, no problem. Let me just tell y'all the truth. So Wakanda Forever is coming out and I ain't excited. I'm just not. Like, I'm not nearly as excited for Wakanda Forever as I was when Black Panther came out. I think that, and this is the, this I'm, I'm getting in my nerd bag, y'all. I'm getting in my nerd bag kind of heavy now. I think that Marvel has really been, they've done their, you know, their first like four or five phases, which started with Iron Man and Captain America all the way up through Endgame. Then they went to WandaVision. They went to a lot of their streaming stuff. The business model is dope. I get it. Like, the business model is beyond reproach, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to, you, you want to beef up your streaming services off the strength of what the movies you've had before. You want to introduce, you know, shows and platforms that are going to highlight lesser known characters, but potentially draw in different audiences. So you got WandaVision, you got Miss Marvel, you got She-Hulk, you have... Thor, Love and Thunder, you have all of these things. And it's like, you know, Marvel all of a sudden, it seems like, and I'm borrowing this from my friend JT. um, It seems like all of a sudden Marvel just got like enamored with a diversity hiring plan. And I I speak diversity and inclusion, but it just, it's not working. And, and, And let me say this for anybody who's listening, I am clear. In the actual comic, for those of you who don't know, Shuri, who is the little sister of T'Challa, does eventually become Black Panther. So they didn't just make the storyline up. Right. I just feel like with the timing, and, and R.P. Chad, fellow Bison, we miss him dearly. It's not about her being at the center. It has nothing to do with that. It's just I feel like Marvel is starting to mail it in a little bit for the purposes of just like, now we want kids and family. We want women. We want, you know, so we're going to pander to those communities, demographics, audiences. Like I get the business model, but something about it, I just don't like. I, I get your point. I think like any, any, any other big brand, big conglomerate, you have to create a, a lane to, to introduce it to new, to new people, right? Yeah, I mean, so yeah. this is, this is, to me, is just part of protocol. Are you excited about it? Like, not at all. You, not at all. Were not you excited about the first one? A little bit. A little bit. What, what changed? Our response. What do you mean? 
I think um, the first one was a prideful type of moment. You know, it was something okay. that we we gathered around. Yeah. But then now I feel like I don't want to sound crazy, but I feel like um, we did an audit at the party, and a lot of these people weren't really. They wasn't really. With yeah, it. they wasn't with it. They was in costume, but they was in costume. Exactly. Got it. I think we need to be very careful. And the first one garnered a lot of excitement because it was our first black comic, like real character yeah, yeah, yeah. that came out. Black Panther was big. We all was pre-selling, you know, pre-buying tickets months in advance. We wanted to make sure we saw it in that first week, make sure those numbers hit. And here we go, as we normally do, being fickle about our folks and our That's people. Fair. And then the second round, quick to pass judgment. I think we need to play the position support them, go out there and get it and, 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 and make it do the numbers it needs to do and so that we don't come out in three years complaining, they don't never no, write yeah. nothing for us. No, you're you right. You know what I'm you're saying? Right. Like, we can't have it both ways. You no, know what you're, I'm saying? You're, you're right. Like, we, I, I, I understand. I agree. I was going to see it. Let me be very clear. It wasn't like I wasn't going to see it. I was going to see it, but I just wasn't necessarily as enthused about it as the first one. But you make an excellent point about the fact that, like, we can't complain about representation. They get representation. Right. And they'd be like, eh! Right. So I, I understand both sides of it. And see, this is why, G the capitalist is... Like, ah! Like, oh, so this is why we need you. Like, you know? All right, so that's going to bring us to our next part of the show. This is our contributor segment, where our contributors get a chance to wax poetic about whatever they want to talk about. So today, of course, we've got both members of the dream team with me. We run in the triangle offense, but we are going to turn it over to G for Branded by G, everyone's favorite segment. Um, Branded by G. You can talk about what you want to talk about. So what, what, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about, do all women want to be married? Mm. Ah, damn. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, drink your water. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, um, initially, at first, I was like, no, right? Mm. But then, after a couple of conversations and a lot of research, <laughs> I had to conclude that the answer is yes. authentically yes. Really? I think we all want to be married. There's a number of factors that are pushing it. First of all, you know, we're kind of like groomed to be married. Definitely right? yeah. So everyone is telling every girl we should be married, right? Um, but however, in today's you know day and age with women's education, women's empowerment in the industries, we don't have to be married. A lot of times, you know, in the past, women needed men to gain certain access. You know what I'm saying? Those days are, are no longer here, where I don't need to be married in order to into certain kind of spaces. But there still is this desire to be married, to be identified as that person, right? Um, But I think the difference now is that women have more options because they're educated and they have more money, they have more time to like play with the idea. We don't have to like take the first dum dum doodle that shows up. <laughs> that's, just, that's just shit right there, that dum dum doodle. Don't nobody get to that dum dum doodle like like G at that dum dum doodle. <laughs> so I'm saying like we don't have to take the first pick. You know what I'm saying? We we still have more time. You know what I'm saying to kind of like sift sort through, date more. You know what I'm saying to really kind of find someone who really fits what we need versus these ideas around what it is to be married. Well, you know? I got a question though. So you, you, you know, you've been very explicit about 
marriage as the word. Mm -hmm. But then you, you said some other stuff that made me think, because in my conversations with a lot of women, I haven't heard, I've heard marriage a lot, clearly, right? Like, I, I clearly know that there are a lot of women who want to get married. But the overarching sentiment is more so that women really want to be chosen. Right. Like, they want to be, like, is it, so, so my question is, is it marriage or is it being chosen? Or, or, or is it one and the same? I think they're one and the same. I think being chosen to be married, don't choose me to knock me down. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, well it's not about be knocking you down. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, like it's I chosen be, to be a, a a life partner with, right. as opposed to chosen to be married. Like, I, I'm talking about chosen. This is I think life. the concept and the idea of the social construct of marriage is still very important to women, okay. and I think that it is important in a way that we desire to find a, a person who wants us to be their wife. Mm. That, is a, that is still a fact. I think that there may be some people that might want to say, no, I don't really want to. And there is a percentage of women that don't want to be married. Maybe they're women that have been married before and realize it sucks. You know, and now they're saying I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, so of the women who've been married before, Right. How many think I'm like, I want to do that again? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that that number <laughs> begins to decrease. But even though all the women that want to be married still see the divorce rate as being extremely high, but they still want to try it. That's just, I cannot understand. If marriage was a stock, I always say this, if marriage was a stock, nobody would buy it. Right, because it's really not doing good in numbers. <laughs> the numbers are... It's one of those things where you gotta like experience it to just you know know for yourself. Be like, yeah, nah, this didn't work for me. Is it that? And I think <laughs> no, nah, for real. I, I gotta ask it's you. Like, don't uh, ask don't me ask nothing. me nothing. <laughs> like, don't ask me nothing. Word. No, I'm gonna ask. Mm -hmm. I have experienced a lot of my god friends. Right, we talk, and the notion of women wanting to be married is not lost on us. But a lot of times, I find that women want to have weddings, they want to have something, want to be able to say that they're somebody's wife, but they don't necessarily want to be married. Mm. Like they want to, they want the status of being able to say, I was chosen, I had a big fat wedding, I got a big rock on my finger, but when it comes to actually being married, like they want to be able to say, I was married. Hashtag, sitting out, put up the ring, I said, yeah, they want to be able to do all of that. But when it comes to the rubber hitting the road of what it is to actually be somebody's wife, like in, in practice, mm. that they ain't really like with that part. Has your research said anything about no, like no, that? I, I, I <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that what you might really be speaking to is the idea of what it is to be a wife and men's understanding of that. And there being this kind of like dissension on those two ideas. So like as a wife, I should have to pay for nothing. You should cover all my expenses, even though I have my own money and I should be able to do whatever I want. My money should be like disposable and your money should be responsible for all the bills. Mm. Now see now. Emotional damage. <laughs> that's what I think about. Yeah. That's, that's what I think about that. Mm. All right, I was just joking. I joking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think that's going to do it. I, I, I do appreciate that. That's going to do it for Branded by G today and what we were talking about, uh, which brings us to our main topic. You know, and our main topic today is, is actually kind of a fun one. Um, I was, I was, this week I was running errands, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about all these, I had a bunch of stuff on my mind. I was like, man, rent due, uh, insurance due, 
car note due, student loans due, Mountain Dew. Like, mm. I was just, just, everything was due. And I was just like, yo, was adulting always this hard? And it was, I wasn't doing nothing extra. Like, I, I wasn't like, yo, you got to close on your house this weekend. You know, like, we know those extra projects. But I wasn't doing nothing extra. It was just like, I got all stuff due. Get to the gym, drink water, eat healthy, mind your business, don't be messy. You know what I'm saying? Like, child care, elder care. Like, what the? Was adulting always this hard, or are we just soft? We, we got in soft. You think so? Yeah. You think it was always this hard? It, it's, it's always been what it is. And think about it. I can speak for myself. Like, I'm doing better than how I was raised, and it's still hard. Yeah, I, right? Right, that's, so, and that's the thing that bugs me out. I'm mm-hmm. doing better financially, mm-hmm. at least, than my parents were. Mm-hmm. But this shit is wild burdensome. Because we got soft. You think so? Yes. That's what happens when you when you when you have to uh, uh, respect and acknowledge every perspective that you're introduced to. Mm. It weakens you. Mm, that's a really good point. I don't know. You know, I don't know if we got soft. I think our appetites got too big. I think that we're doing a whole lot. Like I, there were folks, there were men your age that had a nine to five, went home. Sat in front of their TV. That's it. That's, all they did. That's it. And they went to work the next day, and they did it for twenty years, and they didn't complain because that's what life was. That's it yeah, it right. was that simple. Yeah. But we have so much to do. You we don't think so- that person complained? I mean, even they complained. <laughs> I'm saying, what are you talking about? Their Sit life in that was chair that you're so talking about. Simple. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know that I could have survived. Let them come home from that nine to five and see you sitting in that chair. <laughs> Or you grab that big piece of chicken by accident. It's going to be some good places. It's smoking to see that. That's right. A whole lot of furniture moving. I think that things are a lot more layered now in our life where we're doing so much simultaneously. You know what I'm saying? And our time is just like that 24 hours that we used to have where it was just kind of like blocked with certain things. It's, it's, you know, it's not the same anymore. There are so many more options that are available to us. Right. And there's also so much that we know, so much more that we know, right? Like I remember, I don't remember my, my dad has always been in shape. I don't ever remember my dad going to the gym. He liked to work out, but he would go and play basketball. That was his activity, right? Like I remember him doing activities and that's how people say shit. Like it wasn't really no, it wasn't a crunch on every corner when we were growing up where people mm-hmm. were like, go to the gym. You gotta go to the gym, mm-hmm. you gotta drink water, mm-hmm. you gotta do like that. And, and it's not a bad thing that we're prioritizing our health, but it's put one extra thing on our plate, for right. example. Right? Like the, the the different when you think about the different bills, the different services you were joking earlier mm-hmm. about, oh, I just found a new industry. Mm-hmm. The different industries that have popped up because of the way that we live our lives right. has now, as you said, G increased our appetite. And so now we're doing, we're in the, we're in the mad stuff. I don't know, Kurt, like I think that, you know, it may be a thing where our plates are just bigger and we put more, not only are the plates bigger because they can be, but we've put more on the plates. Cause mm-hmm. I just think about what my parents had to do mm-hmm. when I was young, young. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that I have on my plate by myself without just, without children, without like multiple children, mm-hmm. It's more, like it's more. It's it's almost double, mm-hmm. and this adult is for the birds. Like this shit is not. But you can't have a business. plate full of food, and when you said you was hungry, I understand that. But I, and you raise a good point. But the well, 
you raise a good point, but if you're gonna continue in that analogy, I think that the rhetorical question I toss back, Eve, is are you hungry or are we greedy? The adulting thing, when we were younger and we wanted to be grown, we wanted to grow up oh. fast, you know what I'm saying? We couldn't wait. But we had no clue what was waiting for us because we were we were existing in that life with those people that had very simple responsibilities. They was telling us what to do. We listened. Now as a parent, you know, I'm trying to engage all of the different things in my life as an adult while navigating my kids' life who are young adults, you know, still needing guidance, still living at home. And juxtapose that with my parents who are living longer and having to care for them all at the same time and still be cute while I'm doing it. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's before, that, that part was, you know, you was, you was, you was, you didn't have to get beat. Your face didn't have to be beat. Oh, yeah, you not. was pretty or you was ugly. It was, <laughs> it was simple. You knew your lane and you rocked and you with it. You stayed in it. You know what I'm now <laughs> we got filters. We, we got, got filters, surgery, all kinds of things. Man, it's, it's like, and you said something that made me think. Like I, re I think about that Stevie J meme where he got his hands, he's rubbing his hands together. Adulting and adulthood was just waiting on the other side. Like I got some God ass when you get on the other side. And we were ready for it. Like I can't wait to get up out this house. I can't wait to get this degree. I'm gonna be living. Right. And now we here, and it it feels on a lot of days, like honestly, you know, I give my parents all the credit in the world. Either they are award winning actors because they seem like they had it together, mm -hmm. or they just are just that dope. Right. One way or the other, like, I wake up and some, day, some days, like, if it weren't for my, you know, my, my gadget, my this, that, and the third, telling me what I got, I wouldn't know my head for my ass. Right. And, and, like, I think about the myriad things that they juggled without the ability of technology and Siri and this and that, telling what to do, and they just, yo, my parents made that shit look cool. Made it, they made me want to do it. Like, right. they made me like, I can't wait till I get to be an adult. Right. I'm going to do it different. Word. Are you? Are you? Are, are you? you, though? Really? <laughs> That's your plan? All right. You can change the game? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Doing, I'm doing it way different. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, again, I don't... Do y'all ever feel, like, that sense of, like, I'm floating because I have to, but I'm really dropping? Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, like every Wednesday. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my Wednesdays. Wednesdays be that, ah, we got to push through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's not real sometimes, you know? And you, 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 you kind of teach yourself to kind of like self-motivate. But sometimes that don't even work. Nah, son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm good about that. Yeah. Like, I try to be. Building mm -hmm. disciplines yeah. kind of like keep you focused. Daily affirmations. Right. <laughs> Peace, beloved. Peace, beloved. <laughs> Grand rising, queen. Right. Like, you hit yourself with all that. It's only but so much you can watch on the TikTok and the Instagram. Right. Before you like, this shit ain't working for me today. I don't, right. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you ever feel like that, Kurt? I don't feel. I'm a man. Ah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's gonna do that for that. Yeah. Um, stay tuned. We are now in everyone's favorite part of the Charles Coleman podcast. This is Rules of Engagement, our adult conversation on love, sex, and relationships. Joining me this evening are two of my dream team members. We got Cashmere Kirk Quillen in the building, of course. Gloria Sherubin, thank you all for joining me. So glad that we're here. Thank just you, thank you, thank you for having me. Relaxing and maxing and, you know, doing what we do. So this is a dope conversation. And, uh, gee, you, you, you know, you came up with this topic that I thought was a good one. Um, and this is the real question, right? Mm -hmm. You're out somewhere 
you're having a good time. Everything's casual. It's all easy. And and you look over, and in out the corner, I you say to yourself, "Wait, I, I know, I know that ain't who I think it is." with someone who they're not supposed to be with. You see the significant other of one of your peoples oh, out with someone else. Do you open your mouth to the person you see them with or like the person you see? Do you open your mouth to your peoples or do you just drink water and mind your business? That is the question that we are dealing with today. Do you just drink water and mind your business or do you open your mouth and roll up or later on say something to the, to the offender or do you just pull, them to, pull your people to the side and say, hey, look, I think, I think something's going on. What, you, <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing in that situation? This is your topic, Jesus. I'm going to let you rock. Oh, man. I mean, so you got to know your peoples, right? It's certain folks that you know, they know they significant other as well. And if they're not really gonna do anything about it, honestly, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Because I feel like that situation is outside of like, any energy I'm gonna bring ain't gonna change the situation. Right, You understand what I'm saying? So I don't need to bring more pain and anxiety to you if I know know this person is already kind of out there. Now, if the person is not that kind of person or then I think I'm going to take a picture on the low. So I got a receipt. I need a receipt because, you know, at the wow. end of the day, I'm just saying low pro. I got to have some kind of evidence. Wow. You taking you I'm taking secret paparazzi? Especially if they my bottom bitch. Like, it was one of my people's people. I definitely need receipts, so it's not like you wilding. I'm wild. You are wilding. You know but here's the problem with here's the problem with that. If you do that, right, and either you're wrong or they don't break up, you know at that point you are persona non grata. Listen, at the end of the day, I just need the receipt to know that you whatever was in the I right. saw, I saw. Mm. Now, whatever explanation comes back after that mm-hmm. is a whole different situation. You understand what I'm saying? But again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm listen, a little if disturbed. This is my friend. I'm just saying, if this is my friend, friend. I'm not talking about you know like my someone that I'm not really knowing really well. You understand what I'm saying? Like if this, if this is the significant other of my friend. I feel a fiduciary accountability to have this conversation with them and allow them to make the decision or, and then wait, I'm not even stopping at the the picture. I'm going to let the person see me see them to give them an opportunity to confront I'm not mad at this that, is my sister. That, that I'm you not mad at. I'm, I'm not mad at that because in that space, you kind of sort of gave someone a choice. How right. you choose to handle it. Like you see, I thought when you said take the picture, I'm like, so what you're gonna take the picture on a low and then send it. Nah. I'm not mad. I, I mean, I I still think that's creepish. I'm gonna lie. No, I think I that's mean, creepish. But the fact that you let them know that you saw now gives them an opportunity to handle it one way or the right, other as right. opposed to like, yo, if you see me out, why you just say anything? Because that's something that right. off the rip is going to make somebody be like, yo, what, what's, what's good? You saw me. You saw me and didn't say and you anything. You didn't say anything. No, like, I'm definitely approaching you I'm so not, you know that I'm there. Yeah. But I'm saying the picture is important. You're going to give him a second. To give him a chance to kind of like confront the right person. What you do? Let me ask you this. Because you really on brand right now. You on cold. But I got to ask you, if it's your guy friend, you doing the same thing? No. 
No. You don't think so? Hell no. You got to mind your business. You don't know what's going on. No, I'm just asking. You think she would not? I know she wouldn't. Really? Hey, why are you always in my shit? Uh, you know. <laughs> Let me decide what I'm going to do. Okay. If Good. it's my guy friend. Mm-hmm. And oh, no, 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 no. The hesitation. No, wait. The hesitation. You it's my guy friend. You know the situation. You gave the, the situation. Girl, it's the same scenario. I'm still doing the same thing. What you doing? If it's Gordy, if Gordy is out, if, if I see Gordy's girl out, oh, I'm definitely copping a flick and doing everything. Hey, what up? I want to say her name. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm doing the same thing. But we're talking about when you see Gordy out. No, no, no. I was talking about if she sees. Nah, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, I meant. Oh. No, I was talking about if she saw. If well, she then saw. I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm oh, sorry. Right. Uh, no, I was talking about if she saw somebody's. Like, yeah. if it was a guy friend. See, now the black man just apologized for no reason. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you apologized because you was wrong, nigga. You were wrong. So? <laughs> you said no reason. You was wrong. You know how many people are dead wrong and will never humble themselves? Hold on, hold on. I got a question. Go so, yeah, in this situation, you see somebody. Significant other, you know what I mean? Mind my business, son. I don't care who it is, because I don't know the dynamics of their relationship. Yeah, that's I, that's where I'm at. I'm yeah. drinking water. But I, I, I would do. This is the problem. Oh, no, no, but let me let me get, oh, let's, let's get it out. There's a, there's, there's a second part to that. I'm definitely making it very known that you've been seen. I'm gonna do the walk up and say, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Are you enjoying yourself tonight? And breeze to give them the respect of that and let them navigate how they're gonna do that. And quite frankly, at that point, like you said, the person has to make a decision. I think it's more so, I don't even know that I would do the walk up. If I, if it was, it depends, the walk up depends on who it is. Okay. Cause like for me, I'm, I'm not saying anything at all to anyone about nothing. Nothing. Gotcha. But what I am gonna do is hit them with the walk up. Uh, not necessarily the walk up. I'm going to at some point let them know, and it, this might take various forms. Hey, yo, tighten up. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I might do it that way. Like your slippers showing. Tight, yeah, tighten up. Either because either you, whether to, and, and, and then from there you can take that however you want. Right. If you're gonna keep moving that way, tighten that up. Right. If you are not, then tighten up your relationship. Right. But I'm just, you know, what I'm saying I might do that on the low. Like yo, bro, like I seen you out, like. You out here a little, little wild, like tighten up. I'm not, I'm not calling nobody. <laughs> I'm not texting nobody. I'm definitely not sending no pictures because for me, when you get into that space and somebody goes back and mm. they don't break up, you are persona non grata. Cause check this out. In most situations, you gotta understand, they're still gonna choose their partner over you as long as they got their partner. Right, but that's what I said at the beginning. Like, it depends on if I know how that person is gonna move. Like, sir, I mean, if it's now, like in my twos, <laughs> I'm taking pictures, videos. Oh, you was running out. It's going down crazy. It's just a troublemaker. Now, troublemaker, right? Troublemaker. Shit it's more dynamic. You got kids, houses, yeah, properties, yeah. businesses. I know it's so many layers to life that you have to kind of like navigate a little bit more gentler because you know it's not gonna be a rip off the band aid and this is gonna just be dealt with. Fuck that. High you know risk, high reward. We out here. <laughs> run it up. Right, run it up. What's up? Every situation requires a, a certain. <laughs> nah, man. I can't see. But I'm not of the mindset that no, you, I'm not saying nothing. Unless I know you notoriously is a cheater. She's comfortable with you being a cheater, so I'm out of my goddamn business because I don't want to get in the middle of that. Well, now, your knowledge of knowing that that person is a cheater, is it based on... She told me. Oh, so she knows. So, yes, I'm saying. So she now knows. you definitely got to mind your business because right, this, is, this is normal. She knows he's a cheater. She mm-hmm. could have told me. She called him cheating. I know nothing coming out of it. I'm minding my business. I, you know, I, I, I'm I still in the mindset of like, yo, you know what? Again, the most that I'm going to do, especially if I know the person, 
is to reach out to them and be like, yo, tighten up. Like, that's really what Does that opinion change if you know both parties? Yes, even more so. Because if I know both parties, Mm -hmm. then I really don't want to get involved. Like, I don't want to get involved at all. And if I know both parties... I'm going to talk to the offender like, yo. Ray Charles, you ain't see nothing or you? I'm like, yo, I ain't see nothing. I'm going to tell, you know, him or her. I don't see Because then it gets even more complicated because now if something go wrong, they got to choose. I got to choose between them. If they go left, then and I don't want no parts of that. Mm. So I'm trying to keep y'all together. So whatever that means, tighten up. Whether that means you do better than when you're doing it or whether you go back to your relationship and get better at that, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely not saying nothing Keep me that. out of it. Keep me out of it because I want to, if, if possible, I'd like to stay friends with both of y'all if I can. Right. But the more you get into that, it's like, and then the other thing I was saying was if they stay together and that, what you know, the person you told on is like, I don't want G around. Like, I don't really feel comfortable around right. G. Now it gets awkward because again, she gonna side with her partner. But that's the risk you take, and, and that's where I'm just saying, like, where the, the loyalty of the friendship. Who are you fiduciarily accountable to? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's my my girls, at the end of the day, it's a risk I'm gonna have to take. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. at the end of the day, I'm trying I'm trying to protect you. If I feel like it's that kind of situation, if it's my girl and I know she's with her man is with the shits, because that's the type of nigga she fuck with. And she's not gonna do anything, then I'm just gonna mind my business. But every scenario requires some level of thought process. You need evaluation. Well, listen, let us know what you think. Leave it in the comments, drop it in downstairs. You know, let us know what you think. Write us back and sound off. This has been another episode of the Charles Coleman Podcast. You're watching Rules of Engagement. Want to thank you for joining us. Make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button at the at the bottom of the screen. This is your new favorite podcast, your new home for Black Brilliance, the Charles Coleman Podcast. We are all the way up. We outside. We in outer space. We in hyperspace. So come get with us, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace.